everybody. Welcome back to Looking for the Real God. This is Christy Lynn Wood. On today's episode, as we continue to celebrate Advent, we're going to be talking about the candle of peace, or the Bethlehem candle. As you know from last week, this is my first time intentionally celebrating Advent as an adult, and I am hooked, you guys. I feel like in seasons past, Christmas has just kind of rushed up on me, and I'm frantic, and I'm trying to figure things out, and I have all these things I'm trying to get done, and it just feels stressful. And this year, as I'm just being more intentional to just think through the different candles, the different topics just really taking time to wrestle with the tension that I feel of trying to make this wonderful, magical holiday. And at the same time, just recognizing the deep brokenness in the world. Like it's just been really good. It's only been a week, but I'm really excited about this whole idea of celebrating Advent. And as I've been preparing for today, which is the day that we light the candle of peace, I've just been doing some research into what it means, like what the candle of peace is really all about, taking time to really look into the time period of Mary and Joseph as they traveled to Bethlehem, rethinking the whole idea of where Israel had been up until this point. It's just really interesting. And as we look at our own world and just the lack of peace that we feel, it's just a beautiful thing to stop and recognize just what happened. and. The whole idea of Jesus moving and going into Bethlehem and being born there. So let's go ahead and get into that. Guys, it's important that we look at just the history of the nation of Israel because it's easy at Christmas time to just jump into this one place, this one time in, in history, and just not even paying attention to what's going on. But if you look back at the nation of Israel, they had been a nation with one king, which then separated into two nations with two different kings, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. There were a series of bad kings that did not follow God. And God had given them kind of an ultimatum in the beginning of, you follow me and I'll bless you, but if you don't follow me, you're going to end up in captivity. And prophets foretold this and people just didn't listen. And so eventually both kingdoms ended up going into captivity, into exile, being taken over by foreign nations. Under the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, they started returning to the land the nation that was still oppressing them allowed them to rebuild the temple. And so by the time Jesus got there, they were once again living in the nation of Israel, but they were not a free country. They were still being occupied. And at this time, they're being occupied by the Romans. And the prophets had foretold of a Messiah that was going to come and that he was going to bring peace. We talked a bit about this idea of prophecy last week, but this, this Messiah was coming. He was going to bring peace. And the Jews longed for somebody who would overthrow their oppressors and bring them back to kind of this golden age, like King David when he was king and King Solomon, that kind of a time period, because it was really shortly after David and Solomon that the kingdom was divided. It was not very long after that. And so they really only had this just brief moment of like golden history, and then things just kind of went downhill from there. So they looked at the prophecies and they expected this Messiah to come and reign as king. And to bring kind of a governmental peace, which is all through the prophecies. It talks about, especially in Isaiah, about how he was going to come and he was going to be king and he was going to bring peace. 
Jesus shows up in the nation of Israel as a baby. And if you guys get my Substack newsletter, I found the most beautiful picture of this sweet, precious, little brown-skinned baby with dark, dark hair, all wrapped up in a little white swaddle. And I put it in my newsletter as we were talking about the same thing about Jesus coming. And my son came in as I was writing it and he was like, whose baby is that? And I was like, that's baby Jesus. And he was like, wait, what? No, it's not. And I was like, well, not really baby Jesus, but that's probably what Jesus looked like. And guys, I thought I've tried to explain to my kids that Jesus isn't white, but he was very confused with the baby. And I was like, guys, Jesus was from brown skinned parents. Like he was a little brown baby. Like this is, this is what he looked like. He was, you know, had darker skin and they were like, oh, really? Uh, I can't, I can't even get over how we just so quickly westernize everything. It drives me nuts because I, I want us to be accurate. At the same time, I recognize that it's very easy for us to just imagine Jesus as we are, but still side note. So as Jesus comes into the scene, they're traveling from Nazareth, where they're from, back to Bethlehem to be counted in a census. And so he ends up being born in Bethlehem, in the town of David, and it just fulfills prophecy and it's beautiful. There's literally no room in the inn. There's no grumpy innkeeper that won't get them a room. It's literally no room. The rooms were packed. The hallways are probably packed. The courtyard is probably packed. There were so many people in town for the census. There was no space. And so Jesus ends up being born not in, a, in an inn or in a wherever, and he's laid in a manger. As we talked last time, it's not this wooden stable. It's not this wooden manger scene that wise men don't come that night. There's this whole thing that we just created that's not even accurate. But somebody is told of his coming. And it's not who you would expect. As God slips quietly into the world as a baby, he is announced by angels, but he's not announced to the religious leaders. He's not announced to kings or those in power. He's announced to shepherds. And this is fascinating on many levels. David, King David, who was clearly a type of Christ, was a shepherd. Jesus is called the good shepherd. And Jesus's birth is announced to shepherds, lowly shepherds, who were not even considered to be a real part of society. They were very rejected. They, they had to work with these smelly sheep. And they were just not necessarily like anybody special in society. They were kind of just the outsiders in the surrounding fields of Bethlehem. And the angels come to them. And the angels announce the birth of Christ. And the angels say very interesting things. So listen to this. It says, In that same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you this day is born in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Then the angels went away and the shepherds decided to go and find out what this was all about. And they came to Bethlehem. And they found the baby lying in a manger and they bowed and they worshiped. Peace is once again promised. But if you look at our world, then you know that just because Jesus was born and lived and died and rose again does not mean that there's actual peace in our world because our world is anything but peaceful. 
And every attempt that we make to try to make peace seems to backfire on us. And we end up with more and more chaos and hate and disunity than ever before. And it's so broken. We have divisions among families, divisions among races, divisions among genders, just so many divisions. And we are just angry and we are sure that we are right and the other people are wrong and there is no peace. I was talking to my mom about this and she reminded me of a Christmas carol. This is from the song, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And mild and sweet their songs repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. And the bells are ringing, peace on earth, like a choir they're singing, peace on earth. And in my heart I hear them, peace on earth, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And in despair I bow my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song, for peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then it just goes on to just remember that like God is not dead, he doesn't sleep. Like, he's going to get this. He's going to make it right. Like, listen to these bells, listen to the angels, and recognize the fact that God is truly bringing peace. And so today, as we talk about this candle of peace, we need to sit here in the tension of the fact that Jesus said he came to bring us peace. The word peace is throughout the Bible, and yet we don't feel peace. We feel everything but peace. We feel anxiety. We feel depression. We feel anger. We feel despair. We feel all kinds of things that are not peace. And how can there be peace if there's not peace? I think that the nation of Israel wanted the exact same thing because here's the Messiah. He's here. He's born. Yet he does not bring governmental peace. He does not rescue them from their oppressors. Instead, Jesus came to bring us inner peace, to reconcile us to God to bring us peace with God and to begin that relationship with God in our hearts, to begin to restore our hearts and to bring us inner peace, peace with ourselves, peace with God and peace with our neighbors. And we don't live in that peace often, but it's available to us. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 talks about a peace that passes understanding, a peace that doesn't make sense even in the middle of our circumstances and of the brokenness in this world. And I know that many of you probably struggle with anxiety and depression, whether it's something that's clinically diagnosed or whether it's just feelings that you struggle with and feel. And guys, it's on the rise, and they're not really sure if it really is on the rise or if it's just people are talking about it more these days, but it feels like more and more people are struggling with anxiety and with depression. And how does that fit in with peace? This is something that I was wrestling with as I thought about this candle. Because so often Christians are unhelpful and we spiritually bypass actual issues. We give dumb platitudes that are trying to just fix the problem and move on, not deal with the fact that there's this brokenness within us. And people are told they don't have enough faith and that's why they have anxiety and depression or they haven't trusted God enough, or they haven't measured, memorized enough verses, or whatever kind of thing you're told. And guys, the truth of the matter is we live in a broken world, and just the same as bodies get sick and hurt and don't work right, our minds also can become broken and diseased and chemical imbalances, and there's things that happen. There's things that we can do, I think, to help ourselves to be more positive, 
<laughs> don't listen to the news all the time for one of them because it's just trying to make you more anxious. Limit social media consumption so that you're not just constantly feeling like you don't have enough or aren't enough or whatever else. Like there's things that we can do to help us to have better attitudes and be more positive. But there's also things that we're just going to struggle with. There are people who are just going to struggle with anxiety and depression for their whole life, probably. And medication is a wonderful thing, but it doesn't always completely fix it. But guys, in the same way that if you were suffering with a physical ailment, that God could give you peace to just get through it and the strength that you need every day to make it through with a chronic illness or other things like that, cancer, like God can give you supernatural peace that passes understanding. And the same thing is true with mental illness. Like you can struggle and you can still be at peace and you can feel despair and anxiety and still be at peace because peace comes from trusting in God. It comes from knowing that this broken world isn't the end. We're not trying to make it satisfy us. We don't have to try to get everything we possibly need out of it because it's broken. And because there's more to this world, there's more to this life than just this this little broken planet. Like we're going to be spending eternity with God as long as we've trusted Jesus as our Savior. There is so many more things that we can have hope in when we're just resting and trusting in the fact that God is working to fix things right now, but he's going to fix it all. He's coming back and he's going to make this broken world whole again. And he's going to heal us and he's going to heal everything. It's all going to be okay. I don't think that we have to be constantly happy. I think that we can feel deep sadness. I think that we can feel the brokenness and lament it and be sad about it and at the same time, trust in a God who has never lost control and who will not lose control. We can be grateful for the things that he has provided for us that are beautiful gifts. Every single day, we are given gifts and grace and mercy. And if we open our eyes and ask him to open our eyes and see them, that will help our attitudes and our minds to be more positive, to recognize that he is taking care of us and he does love us tremendously. The candle of peace is just really special to me because it's kind of like a mystery, a wonder that here in this just messed up, chaotic, broken, corrupted world, there's another kingdom that we can be a part of. And there is a God who is in control and who loves us and who is not done yet and who's going to continue. And he came and he lived. And he died and he rose again to bring us back into a relationship with him. And nothing can take that away from us. There's nothing that can take us out of God's hands. There's nothing that can separate us from his love. And so even in the midst of just terrible brokenness in this world, we can have peace and hope knowing that we're being held through all of the mess through all the struggles, we're being held by a God who will never let us go. And so when I think of the angels coming and talking to the shepherds and telling them there's peace on earth, it's that peace, you guys. It's that reconnection to God. It's having our hearts be at a place where they're just resting, resting in something that's bigger than ourselves. It doesn't make sense. It's not necessarily logical all the time. 
And there's tension where you have to hold two seemingly opposing truths at the same time. And I don't know, I'm just okay with that. I really am just okay with that. And I've been through a lot of of pain and sadness and brokenness and confusion and like abuse and wrong things that have happened to me. And yet I look at my life and I look how God has brought me through and I look at just the blessings that he's given me even through the brokenness and pain and in spite of it, I just know that I can trust him. And I'm not looking for everything in this world to satisfy me. I'm looking to eternity and I'm saying, what's it going to be like to live with him forever? I can't wait to find out. And I'm grateful for the things that he gives me every day. The people that he puts in my life, the opportunities that I have, just the, just everything. Like he's, he's good. And I know that I can trust him. And that's where my peace comes from. I hope that you can get to a place where you can have that peace too. A peace that truly passes understanding. I want to close with the Advent prayer from the Book of Common Prayer for the second Sunday. It says, Merciful God, who sent your messengers, the prophets, to preach repentance and prepare the way for our salvation, give us grace to heed their warnings and forsake our sins that we may greet with joy the coming of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next time, keep searching. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would love to have you join me over on my website at christylynnwood.com. For more content, free resources, and opportunities to connect, with a community of people who are looking for the real God.